Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy are making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to personalize your professional development to the unique needs of your teaching practice. The special agent assigned to help you with this task is Agent Darcy Backigard. As my educational podcasting colleagues at the Unprofessional Development Podcast say about the origin of their show's name, there's not many professional development sessions that provide more benefit to your teaching practice that a good chat with a colleague you respect couldn't give you. Darcy Backigard has taken that sentiment and somehow managed to make the best of both worlds. Self-directed conversations that are germane to your current classroom needs but structured in a way that satisfies the requirements that many districts have for PD clock hours. Honestly, my only hesitation with encouraging you to check out Darcy's book, The Startup Teacher Playbook, or her free program, is that I think it's important for teachers to sit through professional development that isn't relevant, sufficiently complex, or motivating, because it reminds us how important it is to create engaging activities for our own students. Before we begin the interview, a quick reminder that in the show notes, you can find a link to LessonImpossible.com, where I have links to resources or websites that are mentioned in the episode, as well as suggestions of other episodes you might like to listen to if you enjoyed this topic. You can also check out the Lesson Impossible blog, where I post resources for ELL and foreign language teachers. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, subscribing, rating, or reviewing in your podcasting app, or forwarding an episode to a colleague, is the way to do it. Good luck on your not-so-impossible lesson with Agent Darcy Backigard. Well, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners on Lesson Impossible. Uh, I was wondering if you could start by explaining who you are and what your role in education is. Thank you for having me, Aviva, on this fun chat. I love that I get to be an agent of yours, and that's really <laughs> exciting for me. I always wanted to be a spy in high school, so this might be the closest that I ever actually get. Um, so I'm not a spy. I majored in theater in college, so I come to education with a theater background. So I really take this approach that education and being in my classroom and being a teacher, I am playing the role of being a teacher every day. So I like that idea of being an agent and being an agent in the classroom in general. Uh, So I taught English for 10, 11 years, English and theater in a variety of high schools. I taught in Wisconsin for a few years, a very rural school. The last day of school, kids drove their tractors or rode their horses to school. Not everyone, but it was a tradition. I taught in Fargo, which in North Dakota is our big metropolis. But I also have taught uh, internationally. I taught in Istanbul at a school called Robert College for a couple of years. So I have a, a mix of experiences. I've taught everything from seventh grade reading strategies for students who were struggling readers to AP lit and language and kind of everything in between. And 
I love it. I love the creativity that teaching allows you to do. I love that teaching is a science as well as an art. I love that it's like a craft. So I really love what I do. After being in the classroom for several years, little over a decade, I transitioned to be a professional development and tech integration coach. And so I've done that for three years. And right now I'm on a little bit of a transition phase. I'm mostly at home with 16 month old triplets, but I just wrote a book. And so I'm right now shifting back into the professional development space and love this idea of being an agent because my my dream and my goals right now are all about helping teachers be agents of change in their classrooms, in their schools, in their districts. So that's kind of my whole little education journey and where I'm at now. So your book is looking at teachers, like you said, being agents of change, but your focus is really on teachers taking control and having agency in their own learning journeys. What was the impetus in deciding to write the book? It stemmed from my experiences sitting in professional development. I don't think I am unique. As Michelle and I have talked to other teachers and as I've shared my story, it's just universal nods, right? So for me, professional development is A, very necessary. I, I'm a teacher. I'm a learner. I want to learn new things. But my experience in PD ranges from, oh my goodness, I could be dusting my classroom and it would be more helpful for me to get ready for students to be in my classroom right now. I could literally be sweeping, putting things away. It would be of more value to me and my students. So that's on the one end. And on the other end, the best BD, the best professional development, the stuff that sparks your excitement and makes your brain start going in all of these different directions still always fell flat for me because I would attend this professional development workshop. And then usually I was back in the classroom the next day or sometimes later that same day. So, so much of professional development did not provide the time or the follow through to actually act on the inspiration that I was getting in professional development. Because I'll be honest, even the worst professional development that I've sat through, there were always grains of things that were right on, that I could learn from, that I could dig into, and that I could apply in my classroom. But without any time or structure, and really to some extent incentive, when was I supposed to do all of that innovating that everyone is talking about in education if there wasn't that system to support me to do it. So we're trying to create the type of professional development that we always wanted. So the book helps teachers coach themselves through the innovation process of identifying something that isn't working quite as well as you would like in the classroom or to integrate something that you've seen to integrate this new piece of inspiration that you saw on Twitter or this new tech tool or a colleague is doing something and you want to transform it into something that works for you and your classroom. This walks you through a simple process and asks you a whole bunch of questions to force you to think about all of the pieces that sometimes gum up 
innovation so that hopefully you have the best chance possible. We fully acknowledge that part of innovating is going to be failure. Like it's just not going to work, but that's part of the process. And as I always reminded myself when I felt like I was falling on my face in the classroom, the kids didn't know. (laughs) The kids didn't know that what I was planning and what I was trying wasn't working. I could just keep working through things and we would get there and I could be honest about the journey with them. So we want to provide teachers this support system. The time piece is still a challenge because this is another thing that we're asking teachers to do on their own. So we're also trying to help carve out ways to support teachers so that they can get continuing education credit for doing this innovation. There's an implementation log in the back of the book that we hope can help teachers make the argument to their administration that they should be getting continuing education credit hours for doing this work. We've printed out the learning forward, all of the standards for best practices in professional development, and we provide how this process meets all of them. So if anyone has questions about why a teacher should be getting credit for innovating in their classroom, which A, I think is problematic that there would be questions about that, but I know there are, we are trying to provide all of the tools necessary to help teachers get credit for this. In addition, this summer, I'm running a personalized professional development challenge. So I've broken this process down into 30 micro steps, 15 to 25 minutes a day. And the goal is through those 30 steps, teachers can walk through the innovation process. Anyone can do it for free. You don't need the book. I'm going to provide all of the resources. But if you want continuing education credit... I have it approved at several universities so people can actually be in an official course and get a continuing education credit for innovating and designing solutions to improve teaching and learning in their classroom. That's amazing. That's great that you guys took that extra step to be like, okay, in an ideal world, a teacher would just embrace this, but in a real world there's all these barriers. How can we help them knock those down? There's so many barriers in education, just the time. And we say in the book, we hope that this process becomes innate. And to some extent, every teacher, you do this to some extent. There's a lot of talk about human-centered design and design thinking or action research, the launch cycle that John Spencer has for students They're all different iterations of the same basic process of identifying a challenge. The empathy piece is really big of getting user input and designing a solution. But you do this as a teacher every day. When you introduce a concept and you're greeted by absolute blank stares and looks of utter confusion, well, that's your feedback from your user that something isn't working and then you immediately try something else. And so you're going through the design process. And I think teachers are naturally good at that, but it is not something that we are trained in. And it is not something that is nurtured in us because all too often teachers are told no. (laughs) And I don't understand that either. Like we want innovation and education 
everyone is talking about innovation. It's such a buzzword right now and has been for the last several years, yet no one is providing how, no one is providing the when, and no one is talking about the fact that really for innovation to happen, it needs to start with teachers. We're the people who are in the trenches with students. We know what is preventing student success. We know the skills that we need to work on in order to improve ourselves in the science and the art of teaching, as I always say. Why are we stopping teachers? Why are we micromanaging and requiring seat hours? Why, are we, why do we have all these constraints on teachers when if we kind of just got out of their way and let them design We could solve a lot of education challenges at the local level and design solutions that are tailor-made to fit the school and the students that need those changes. I like what you said about the kind of the two types of PD, because there's the PD that's considered the most helpful, which is the one where you, it's like the promise is always Monday morning. Here's all the worksheets. You can do this. You can start this 8 a.m. Monday. And like, that's great because, you know, everybody needs a new reading helping protocol or a new way to help students understand conjugations or whatever it is. But you're right. That's not truly transformative. That's just another tool in your toolbox. But if you want to get a whole new toolbox, that's an incredibly time intensive and emotionally intensive thing to do. And we don't tend to really prioritize that kind of large scale transformation in our teachers, which is crazy when you think that some of us were educated, you know, 30 years ago and we're telling them, oh, you shouldn't make any major changes. (laughs) Well, and okay, my brain is clicking in so many directions from what you just said. I love what you're saying about the toolbox. It is important to get new tools. We should have tech integration coaches who are modeling new technology resources. No teacher has the time to be on top of everything new that is coming out. Oh my gosh, that would be completely overwhelming. So we do need some people to model for us these new great tools. And that's wonderful when we have something that we can apply on Monday. Because you're right, that's the, the gold standard. We want to take it just one step further, that anytime you're in that type of PD, you take one step back and you say, okay, so I just learned about this new tech tool. I just learned this new conjugation technique. What problem in my classroom could this new technique, this new tool help me address? And then as you're thinking, what student, what specific student could this tool serve? And then as you're thinking about how you're going to integrate that into your classroom Monday morning, start with that in mind. Because if you think about what problem or challenge or student you're trying to support, fix, alleviate, it's going to change how you integrate and introduce that tool or strategy in the classroom. And so big and small, this simple one-pager that we've designed, the Educator Canvas, which is available for free download at our website, theeducatorslab.com. Anybody can get it. You can download it, start using it. It hopefully provides a little bit of that system of support so that you can better integrate that gold standard of the tools that people are modeling and demonstrating for you, but you can do it in a little bit more 
thoughtful and strategic way rather than just going, oh, I'm going to just use this in the classroom kind of as is. The innovation process is hard and exhausting. And and so I don't know why we're not helping teachers do it. There's just so much missed opportunity of the human capital. This is what teachers do. This is what we got into teaching to do, right? To help change the lives of students. I did not become a teacher because I loved making and administering tests. That was not my jam. That's not why I wanted to do this. So why not empower those teachers? And is this for everyone? No. No. Some people are way too busy to be worried about changing things up. Some people, you know, are very comfortable with where things are. But if you're a teacher who just is kind of itching to do more or feels like you're not getting the support to implement your ideas, if you're tired of people saying no to you when you want to try new things, or my favorite irony in education, being judged by other people and having to deal with the negativity of other people in your building when you're trying to do something new for yourself or your students, we hope that this can provide a little bit of that support so that you can be more confident in yourself as you're implementing your ideas. It's interesting because recently in season three, I had uh, an interview with um, agent Adriana Ramirez, who is doing the uh, comprehensible input language teaching method. And she talked about how it took her several years to really, truly implement and have this technique at where she wants to go. And now she's like a gold standard and people travel to go see her teach. And then I, you know, a handful of interviews later, I interview uh, Agent Craig Randall, who is an administrator who talks about trust-based observations and changing the way the observation system works. And, you know, his big thing is like, you can't just walk in to a teacher once or twice a year and look at them. And he's got some like great great ways to start doing observations and had some feedback from some administrators, which has been cool, who started using his techniques. But the that kind of incomprehensibility of the two, because in a traditional observation system, you're punished for trying something new, for not being at the peak of where you should be at. Whereas Adriana needed a lot of years of not being in her own, I'm sure she was great, but in her own words, not being at her peak because she was. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And like, why are we being punished not only by our colleagues sometimes, but by the system for saying, I'd like to try and fail a little bit so I can overall be better. And the greatest irony to me is all of these things that everything you just said is exactly what we say we want students to do. Yeah. We want students to try new things. We want students to create. We want to empower students to have this authentic learning experience where they're failing and they're going through iterations and we're doing these things. And there's so there's so much contradiction in that, right? It's the same as the contradiction in how much professional development is sit and get. (laughs) 500 educators, all at different 
places in their educational journey as teachers, some new, some veterans, some people totally burnt out, some people ready for a new challenge, people of every grade level, every discipline are all in one room and we're treated as a homogenous blob and someone talks at us using a whole bunch of slides with a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it's everything we are told not to do. So this, the irony in all of this for me is that it, it, how we treat teachers is completely antithetical to what we expect teachers to do and model for and with students. And if we want teachers to pass on these skills where they're helping their students fail forward, where they are helping their students do project-based learning, where they're helping their students do design thinking and entrepreneurial thinking, all of these things that we say we want students to be doing, why wouldn't we build the very same skills in our teachers so they can better model those same skills for our students? Why would we treat teachers in the way we are telling them, don't do this to students. It just feels so wrong to me. Do you have any examples of feedback that you've gotten of teachers that you've worked with? Like what have been some of their PD goals that they've worked through using your method? I've led a series of workshops using this tool that I call Educator Innovation Labs. And so like the idea that we're in the lab and we're designing things And I traditionally have done those as a day two extension to traditional sit and get breakout session type professional development, right? So day one, you come and there's a motivational speaker and then there's breakout sessions. That's usually a day of PD, right? End of story. I've offered this innovation lab model, which any district could easily do, where the teachers come back. We do a little bit of reflecting on the first day. And then I lead them through a few activities so that they can identify something in their classroom that they want to try. So either a tool or a technique or a strategy that they learned about the previous day or identifying a challenge in their classroom that they they really want to work on. And then they have the day. I lead them through a series of activities so that they start designing a solution. We do peer feedback sessions so they can bounce their ideas off of each other because man, teachers have a lot of experience. And I love things like ed camps because teachers can just share their ideas. So I want to foster that inspiration sharing between teachers. And then at the end of the day, teachers have this activity, a unit, a plan So in terms of what have teachers done with this, I've had everything from some teachers learned about Pear Deck the day before, and they went, oh, I want to use that in my classroom. And so I'm going to figure out what that looks like in my classroom. And so they break that down and they make a plan for using Pear Deck. I had a team of two middle school teachers who were really concerned about one student. And in the course of the five-hour workshop, They outlined a process to help ensure that that one student graduated and finished middle school. So it's all over the place. I mean, and those two examples happened in the same workshop. And it's that and everything in between that 
the power is that the teacher gets to decide what they want to work on. This isn't a me telling you what the solution is kind of professional development. This is me providing the time and the space so that you can work through that as the expert on your students, on your classroom. And the thing I've loved most about it is at the end of the process, the teachers will look at me and rightfully say, okay, so now what do I have to do to get my credit, right? Their renewal credit for their licensure. And I will say, well, nothing. You were here all day. You designed this lesson. I've been talking to you all day. I see what you've done. You earned your credit. And they are blown away. Every single teacher who has attended one of my workshops leaves going, you mean I just got credit for actually designing something for my classroom? And I love that and hate that. I hate that that's a unique experience, that teachers, it's unique that something so tangible and so helpful is abnormal. But I love that I can provide that space for them that when they walk out of that PD, they have a completed lesson, a completed unit, whatever they chose to work on, they either have it totally done or they have the outline of it where they can now continue build. But they have made actual progress to improve teaching and learning in their classroom. And it's amazing. So all levels, all different types of projects, all different types of teachers. It's really just about implementing your own ideas. Thank you so much, Darcy, for sharing this amazing resource that you have developed. How can people follow you or find out more? I'll definitely have links to all of this in the show notes as well. Well, thank you for sharing that information. I'm on Twitter at dbakigard. And the book is The Startup Teacher Playbook. You can get it on Amazon. It's from Times 10 Publishing. So there's a free micro webinar that you can take. It's posted on Times 10 Publishing that if you want to have Michelle and I coach you through this process, there's a webinar that we've designed to help teachers do that. And that's at the Times 10 Publication website. Otherwise, you can get all of our resources. You can access the personalized PD challenge as well as any other tools that we have available for free download at our website, theeducatorslab.com. This episode will not self-destruct in five seconds, but will remain available on your preferred podcasting platform. Lesson Impossible is proud to be one of the many amazing school rubric podcasts. Links to resources or people we mentioned and information in general about the podcast can be found at LessonImpossible.com. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help other listeners discover it by rating and reviewing on iTunes, forwarding it to a colleague, or posting a link in your favorite educational chat. This has been Lesson Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin. 